Welcome to the Retreat House Podcast. I'm your host, Angie Smith. I've invited a friend to the table to share their story. Come and join us. Welcome to the table. I am so excited to be. We are not at the Retreat House table. We are at the Dunn Brothers table. I am on site at Dunn Brothers Coffee in Arden Hills. And I wanted to come here to do the podcast because today I am talking to Greta Dvorak, who is the owner or one of the owners of the coffee house. And I was so excited when it opened because this is in my neighborhood. And as you've heard me talk about before about Retreat House and wanting to build community gathering space, and they have done it. And it's beautiful, and I'm so excited and had to hear the story of how it came, how it came to be. So I wanted to have Greta on the show. So welcome. Thank welcome, you. Greta. Thank you. I'm grateful to be here. <laughs> well, I don't, where do you think would be a good place to start in the story of... I, I read there was an article in the Bethel paper, mm-hmm. Bethel University paper about mm-hmm. you, that talked a little bit about the background of that you love coffee yeah yeah I mean we can start there (laughs) Um, that's a good place to start so I grew up in a family that values coffee Mm -hmm. as a sort of cultural communication of I'm with you Mm -hmm. I hear you Mm -hmm. I see you Mm -hmm. I'm creating space for you Um, I remember when I was 12 my mom saying to me you got to learn how to drink coffee so you can sit with grandma. Um, And so I started learning to drink coffee when I was 12. Um, And so from a relatively young age, coffee has been this this tool with which you connect with people. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as I have uh, grown in my knowledge of the coffee industry, I just have grown increasingly passionate about the crop and the men and women who work Mm -hmm. so incredibly hard to grow this fragile crop and um, it touches so many hands before it gets into the cup that I drink and there's something so valuable and connecting about that and so as I increase in my knowledge of coffee my love for it also increases so definitely the story sort of starts with a passion for for coffee Um, and for connecting with people. And then beyond that, um, I mean, life just is sort of not what you expect it, right? Mm -hmm. So, Right, right. (laughs) um, (laughs) So uh, I was living in Texas in um, 2016, well, yeah, from 2014 to 2016, um, long distance dating my husband, and we sort of got sick of that. Mm-hmm. And so um, we both ended up moving here, and I was living with my parents and highly educated, just jobless, could not find a job in higher education, which is what my background is. Okay. Um, and so I was searching for jobs at universities, could not find one. Um, and eventually I was just kind of like, all right, I'll just go be a barista. Mm-hmm. I've always <laughs> wanted to be a barista. Why not be a highly educated barista? And so I went and worked at a coffee shop, and within a couple of weeks, I was like, oh, I could do this, and I could do this better, Mm -hmm. Um, which maybe is a bit haughty, but I I just was like... (laughs) You were inspired. I was. It sounds like you were inspired by it. Yeah, yeah. And so in August of 2016, 
I said to my parents and my husband, do you guys want to partner in this with me? And they were just crazy enough to say, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, so very much, I feel very cared for and loved because my husband and my parents really embraced my dream and made mm -hmm. it theirs, mm -hmm. um, doing everything they can to, to help us be where we are now. So. Right. And so that was two years ago. Two years ago. That the yeah. idea came to you. Yeah. So then what did that process look like to get yeah, from so, the dream to what you have now? Yeah, so the longest piece of the process um, was definitely do we franchise or do we go like mom and pop mm -hmm. local? Mm -hmm. um, and then the other long piece was finding the right space, which is a far more exciting conversation. But uh, the do we franchise or do we go local? That We went back and forth on that um, between the four partners and we just ended up deciding like franchising will help us be able to focus on the things that we want to focus on mm -hmm. because in the food and beverage industry you always have to be innovating mm -hmm. and while I am passionate about coffee and food I'm not a food or beverage in innovator that's not in my wheelhouse mm -hmm. and um, so but like caring for people and being with people that is mm -hmm. and so if I can have somebody else doing the innovating mm -hmm. creating a really great menu then I can focus on the things that I'm gifted at um, and so we ended up choosing Dunn Brothers because of the quality the history historical quality that Dunn Brothers has in coffee and in Minnesota and so, are they a Minnesota company? They are, yep. Okay. The Dunn brothers are, they were St. Paul kids. Okay. They went out to out west and saw the coffee industry out there, and they were like, oh, we should bring this back. And so mm -hmm. they started the one on Grand Avenue okay. um, in the late 80s, and then eventually it became a franchise. So it is a Minnesota-based company. Love that. Yeah, yeah. That. <laughs> um, so that's uh, sort of the... Do we go local? Do we go franchise? And then the the most trying part of the whole experience was finding a location. Um, I can totally identify with that because with Retreat House, I wanted its house is in the name and retreat. So I wanted a house where you could retreat. But to do that, you have to ha to get the right aesthetic and the right zoning. It, unless you're in an urban area where they have lawyers' offices and doctors' offices and houses. Yeah. But to have it in a metro, you know, like a north suburban area, as far as I've been able to see, it's the, the two don't yeah. exist. Yeah, it's so, hard. So zoning is a conversation in and of itself. Right. Yeah. you got to work <laughs> with what they yeah. already have given yes. you. And, yes. and there's really no changing it mm -mm. unless you get everybody in that neighborhood to agree. And right. so, so, yeah, so we went through probably six or ten locations before we found this one and we were primarily looking in the northern twin cities like new brighton and st anthony and arden hills and shoreview mm -hmm. um we like it around here so this is where we wanted to be we saw a need around here so this is where we wanted to be uh finding a space that would sort of capture our our vision for being a gathering place for mm -hmm. people that maybe wouldn't normally gather was really important, mm -hmm. but we're also in the suburbs, so we needed a drive-through. Okay, and so like you needed you needed to like balance all of mm -hmm. these both and yeah. Mm -hmm. um, this building that we're in now, they it, it sat empty for a few years before we signed our lease with them, 
and the landlord says that he was really waiting for the right Mm -hmm. fit Mm -hmm. Um, and as soon as they met us they felt like we were the right fit which is pretty cool right and so confirming of what you're doing yeah yeah so and um, our neighbors the Red Cross they're apparently for many years had been bothering their landlord like get a coffee shop get a coffee shop Um, so that's that's pretty confirming too, mm-hmm. and probably one of the most confirming pieces we know now. We had no idea at the time, but and and I don't want to steal Greta Schramm's story. Do you know Greta Schramm? I do. I do. Okay, so I don't want to steal her story. She should. You should have invited her to be here. Oh. <laughs> um, but she came to me the day before we opened for business, mm-hmm. um, and shared with me that. For many years, she and her friends truly marched around this building praying for this building to become a coffee shop. Wow. Yeah. So they, they physically marched. I mean, it gives me chills, like, mm-hmm. like Jericho. Like they right, physically right. marched around this building praying for it to be a coffee shop. Greta was anticipating that she would be the one who would run it and manage it. And she had, I mean, she has so many, I don't want to ruin her, her story because there's a lot of details to it. But like, mm-hmm. she came in that day before we opened and, and shared that with me. And she was like, I, the whole time I thought I was praying for me, Greta, oh. but I think I was praying for you, Greta. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's just like very exciting to feel like the community has wanted this mm-hmm. and now we're filling this gap and now that we're filling the gap they're they're excited that we're here and right. they're grateful we're here uh, so and showing up in droves yeah they? yeah yeah it's fun it, we're slowly really increasing in business and you need to, you need to see that in a business right and most people who come have a pretty good experience or a great experience and we're really grateful for that and that's almost entirely due to really hardworking baristas who treat people like people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, And talk a little bit about your baristas and the people that you employ yeah. here. Yeah, so um, we have a lot of baristas. Uh, our numbers are always growing, it seems like, because we actually have an increasing need. I mean, we're, we've only been open three and a half months, but like, it feels like I have more and more need as the days go by. Mm-hmm. Uh, My husband and I have a heart for college students in particular. Um, Adam is a resident director at Bethel, so we live on Bethel's campus with um, the freshmen in Bodine Hall. And so uh, we care a lot about, like, the growth and development of college students. um, It's such such an important age. Yeah. I mean, whether or not you're in college, that, that figuring out who you are, the feeling the weight of what am I going to be what am I going to do who am I yeah it's such an important pivotal time yeah yeah and in my perspective it's also so important in that time to learn that working hard is part of life Mm -hmm. so one of the sort of hopes that we have is that employing college students in this work of being a barista, they would begin to understand that it's hard work. Mm-hmm. And not not like it's hard work and we're grumpy, but like right. but like this is it's not just pulling an espresso shot. It's like there's cleaning and there's getting down on your hands and knees and making sure that all the pieces of glass of that cup that just broke are picked up and mm-hmm. um and that it's 
sweeping under tables because customers and, and the neighborhood notices when a space is clean and they especially notice when a space isn't clean. Right. Um, and that that is being hospitable and being hospitable is creating space for other people to, th- to thrive mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. often that's at your own expense. Mm-hmm. And so it's at your expense that you have to sweep under that table. It's at your expense that you have to pick up those dishes even though we're not a full service restaurant like mm-hmm. um so seeking to equip people with equip our employees with the knowledge that hard work is good mm-hmm. and that it's important um so we we work with a number of college students and we want them to to continue working with us and to um seek to find ways to balance their schoolwork and their jobs mm-hmm. um, and that's definitely a challenge for them mm-hmm. and I think there's a, a great value in building resilience like okay I have to go to work and I have a lot of homework but I'm first committed to my job like it's on my schedule I have to be there if I don't show up you know right. and being resilient and saying like I might have to give a little on my homework stay up a little later or get up a little earlier in order to do it all mm-hmm. um, but so that's like we have this heart for these college students to to grow and mature and we use this space as our classroom and then um we have a number of baristas who are 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 not college students we have um uh one of my friends from growing up she's a mom so she's Mm -hmm. got two little kids at home and you know this is her this is her time where she like sees other people than children yeah um i have another mom who um has a couple kids in college and she you know she brings an element of like maturity when she's in the room and that's super important to to teach college students too um and so uh probably the most exciting element of hiring all different kinds of people is that they can teach and equip each other in mm-hmm. ways that I can't teach mm-hmm. and equip them. But they all know why we're doing what we're doing. Um, because during our interview process, I sit down with them and I share our, our story and value statement. And so our story and value statement is the story of like learning to drink coffee with my grandma and really having an entrepreneurial spirit given cast upon me um, <laughs> by, by history um, and biology in some ways, mm-hmm. from my grandfather to my, well, really from my great-grandfather to my grandfather to my dad and then to me. So it, it, that's part of the story, but the, the crux of the story for us is from the Holy Scriptures in Matthew um, where if you are faithful over little, mm-hmm. I will set you mm-hmm. over much. Mm-hmm. That was the, the verse of my grandpa's life. Mm-hmm. And um, I just remember so many times him saying it to me, like, this is my, like, this is what I crave. I crave that when I die, God will look at me and say, you've been faithful over little, I will set you over much. And so he tried and failed and tried and succeeded at so many different businesses because he was trying to be faithful with what he had and, and love the community that he was around. And so the same was true of my dad and um now it's sort of been passed along to me in I some mean, ways. I mean that is what you were describing. Yeah. With I mean you were encapsulating that verse and everything that you were saying about what your passion is yeah. for the business. Yeah. And what I love about what you said about sweeping under the tables 
is how that is teaching this, your workers that to value the person that's coming in the door, to honor them, to serve them, to uh, benedicting hospitality is very mm -hmm. important to me, mm -hmm. to welcoming everyone as created in God's image and creating space for them to, to come to the table, to bring whatever it is that's going on mm -hmm. and just come and be yeah. at the table. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, so that's like like part of our story and value statement. And then the, the last part of it, we um, take scripture from Ephesians um, where, where we say, where it reads, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus for good works. Mm -hmm. So we look at our employees that we hire and we say, you are endowed with value, not because you're going to work hard for us, but because God said so. Mm -hmm. And... Because God said so, you are able to work hard. And, um, and so we just really want our employees to show up. We want them to be, be fully here when they're here. Mm -hmm. We have high expectations that they will be friendly and customers will have a good experience. So, yeah, so, so I hope that that's the case. And I know it's not always the case. I know everybody has hard days mm -hmm. and... That just happens. My but you're creating do. a culture. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And I know too. Like for me, the reality of day to day business is hard, mm -hmm. and um, so I forget those those values, mm -hmm. and I struggle to practice that even with my employees, let alone the customers who walk through the door. And so uh, there's been a number of times where I just have to, you know confess to my employees like hey guys I failed and I'm sorry and I just hope that they can can recognize that and and forgive me and mm -hmm. move forward which and, is another lesson in yeah. humility and vulnerability yeah for them to yeah. see that so what has it been like from going through your whole story and getting here having their, your staff and then opening there was just such buzz about this place and so much excitement from people I know and it was funny someone said because uh, I said you were coming on here and they oh do you know Greta and I said well I've met her but I don't know her but I'm going to have her on the podcast because I want to hear the story and they said oh it, it feels like everybody knows Greta and everybody's so excited and it was like you were doing something that everybody wanted to like latch onto because they were so excited and wanted to be a part of it so I'm interested in what was it like when you opened yeah I mean what was your experience um well I should have like written it down because it was just so much a flurry of activity mm -hmm. but um in the in the you know couple of weeks leading up to opening we were just like nose to the grindstone getting this place ready mm -hmm. um and so to, it's funny to me that you're that people say like, oh, do you know Greta? Because I I don't feel like I don't I know that many people or whatever. I feel like I know a lot of people now because right. they walk in the door, they introduce themselves, and then I see them at Cub down the road, and right. it's like, oh hey. <laughs> well, I mean, being at Bethel, and then yeah. did you go to Northwestern? No, I went to Bethel. Okay, um, but we have connections at Northwestern, and right. and I went um, to Northwestern, so it feels like that community is, yeah. feels like that gets small. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so totally. Uh, I think that first and foremost, like the, the sort of nugget of reality that I want to speak is that this process from 
the minute I proposed it to my parents and my husband to the day we opened and since then has been really prayed over. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been prayed over by us as a partnership um, and it's been prayed over by people that I probably don't even know have prayed for it Mm -hmm. and by our friends and by my parents' friends and by our churches. Yeah, (laughs) and obviously by the other Greta. Um, And so all of this uh, for us even in the days where it's like the most exhausting and the most painful and the, you know, just I can't do this moments. It's like been confirmed that, you know, God is doing something and we would not be here. There would have been more roadblocks if, if we were supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. I remember, so my, my grandma, this is, this is the table we're sitting at is my grandma's dining room table. Okay. Um, and she is, one of the most hospitable people was one of the most hospitable people in the world. She just actually passed away about two weeks after we opened our shop. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. Um, but about a week before we opened our shop, she was here. Um, mm-hmm. And she was a part of our churches. Uh, I, I had asked our church to come do a service of prayer and blessing over the space. And so she we had invited her to come and my grandma doesn't at, at that point wasn't really speaking she um she just had declined for the past like five or six years but she was like singing the worship songs mm-hmm. and and there was something so saintly about watching her be wheeled around the shop and knowing that like I can't hear what she's praying but I know mm-hmm. that she's praying and that God mm-hmm. is hearing her her prayers and so I think that the the feeling of opening or the process of opening was so like oh this is obviously what we have to do and it was confirmed again and again and again and it was hard mm-hmm. like those so those are the goes back real, to hard work <laughs> yeah yeah it was just and it is it is just hard and it takes commitment and commitment from my marriage and my parents to say like yep we're gonna show up Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. on the weekend we're gonna show up in the night we're gonna you know my mom comes some Friday mornings when I just can't do it she comes and opens the shop at 5 a.m like that's commitment Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and so yeah so that's a it's the the process itself was hard but it was so uh blessed and prayed over Mm -hmm. and committed to by our communities around us our friends our churches and like now we see the fruit of creating a space that we didn't I mean we we thought there was a need but we didn't know for sure there was a need Mm -hmm. and now we just see like kids coming in with their moms or church groups having their Sunday school here because they don't have space in their church mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and so and lots of pastors lots of pastors <laughs> they like this as their out of office space office, uh-huh. um so yeah so it's it's been huge mm-hmm. um I think I sort of got lost in in the question there but yeah it's just it was exciting and exhilarating but also like I, I got a little bit caught up in the details of everything, so I didn't really notice, mm-hmm. you know, the actual <laughs> in the moment opening day. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, are we out of milk? Uh, what should I do? Um, Good thing comes so, down the road. Yeah, exactly. 
I love that this is your grandmother's table. Yeah, yeah, it's I love a, that. yeah. So these chairs, um, these tall ones, were the ones that were around the table when I was growing up, and these shorter folding chairs are actually from her home too. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a distinct, beautiful element of having her table in this space. It feels mm-hmm. like we get to continue to gather around it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it was the, the space that we gathered around for many, many years. And, and that, the, that's where your love for coffee began. Yeah, yeah exactly. Was with exactly. your grandmother. Yep. And my grandma's funeral um, was, uh, like I said, a couple weeks after uh, we opened the shop. And the morning of the funeral, my cousin, who was doing sort of the reflection on her life, mm-hmm. came and got a cup of coffee and sat down in here because he knew, like, this mm-hmm. is where he needed to Mm -hmm. be in order to do his best at honoring my grandma. Mm -hmm. And that was like such an exciting, I mean, incredibly painful, don't get me wrong, but like very exciting piece to to offer. And what's the name of the room that we're in? This is called Shushu's Table. Shushu is what we called my grandma. So her name was Shirley, but somewhere along the line, somebody had a hard time saying Shirley. So Mm -hmm. Shushu is what uh, we came up with. Okay. and then there's Arthur's Chapel. Who is yeah, Arthur? Arthur is my great grandfather. So okay. um, he's the guy that I would say like I never met him, but that he had an entrepreneurial spirit that was passed along to my grandpa George, to my dad, and then to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so Arthur, he was you know, uh, yeah, he was a, a businessman. Started a lot of things and, and tried mm-hmm. to do his best at what he had and. Up there, I don't know if you've been up there, but up mm-hmm. there is his roll-top desk. Oh, I, I saw the desk up there. Yeah, so we, that roll-top isn't actually on it anymore because mm-hmm. it kind of, I mean, we have it. It's just, right. it's more like dangerous than <laughs> anything else. But like it is, that is his desk that he sat in at his store. And so these sort of rich elements mm-hmm. that we get to include are just mm-hmm. so sweet. Well, in the so. way that you get to honor yeah. the lineage that brought you to the point that you're at yeah. right now yeah. is beautiful. Yeah. I love so, that. Yeah. There are two questions that I ask all my de- all my guests. The first one is because it's called Retreat House, how do you retreat? Which I think is a good question to be asking oh, you with all yes. the busy. That's very convicting. Is it a place? Is it a practice? What does it look like for you? Yeah. Confession, I am not good at retreating. Mm-hmm. Um, that is that is tough um, for me just it always I mean it always has been but especially in this season of my life it is I actually just returned home yesterday from a retreat Mm. with the women of my church that counts it counts that counts it was awesome Uh, I was away from work Mm -hmm. from 2 p.m on Friday until like five o'clock last night Wow, which is probably the longest you've been away yeah. since it opened. <laughs> um, so it was huge. And one of the practices that we did on the retreat that I think is so practical and possible in day-to-day life is the practice of examine. You know, walking through where in my day did I feel most in sync with God? Mm-hmm. Where in my day did I feel most disconnected from God? What am I thankful for? You know, and so just walking through your day at the end of the day to to sort of offer and, and notice, I guess, the pleasant places. That's what I kept coming back to this, this weekend was from Psalm 16, like, wh- where are the pleasant places? I think, like, 
in like Americans, we kind of talk about margin. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and I don't really know that margin is biblical, but I think that pleasant places are and that you can find pleasant places in your day, even if you're not like scheduling them in, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I think there's a there's a real value to learning how to do examine. And so I'm hopeful to take that with me as I go. Mm-hmm. And then just, I think, being with my husband is something that, like, trying both of us to shut off work mm-hmm. and just be together, whether it's, like, eating together or just sitting on the couch and mm-hmm. vegging. Um, these are things that feel good and safe mm-hmm. and retreaty. Right, life-giving. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The other question I ask my guests is, if you were to use the hashtag celebrate weird to describe <laughs> something about yourself, what would that be? It's a good question. <laughs> celebrate weird. I just sort of like, when, when I hit a level of comfort with people um, or in a place, I've, I just sort of begin to have weird voices or weird um, ways of walking or whatever you know like I just there's once I'm comfortable I'm like very fly your freak flag a little bit yeah yeah exactly exactly so so uh, yeah I think um, I would celebrate the weird of my sense of humor Mm -hmm. that's great well thank you so much for taking time and sitting down and sharing the story it this Shushu's table and Arthur's Chapel are going to have more meaning to me, and I hope that people who listen, you should come and visit and see these places and just be in this space. It's so beautiful, and it, it's evident that that God had a hand in it. Mm-hmm. From the first moment I walked in, mm. it was evident mm. to me. So thank you. I just want to thank you for opening this space and for working hard and to and, and loving our community really, really well. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor. Thank you for joining us today at the table. Any information mentioned in the show or things we talked about can be found in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Or if you've already subscribed, please leave a review so that others can find us too. If you want to keep up on what's happening with Retreat House, you can find us on all the social medias at at Retreat House Podcast. If you want to keep up with what's happening with me, you can find me at at Angie Smith MN. We'll see you next week at the Retreat House Podcast. Mm-hmm.